0: Welcome back to the pod, everyone. I'm your host, Austin. As always, and man, what a week! So, at the time of this recording, uh, like, let's where do we start? Uh, I guess Shot Show, right? Shot Show is officially underway uh, today. Well, at the the date of this recording, I should say. Uh, is January twenty third? It's a Tuesday, which is the opening day of Shot Show. So a lot of stuff going on out there, uh, a lot of buzz. Right? It's it it's pretty much the big trade show of the year where all of the manufacturers and companies and industry adjacent entities right get together. They unveil new products. Everybody kisses and schmoozes and drinks a bunch and parties. And uh, why it's important for us to know is it's kind of when you get to do a pulse check on the industry, uh, in a number of ways. I think most of us kind of look for whatever new, uh, <laughs> new goods or, or products are are being dropped. I know I got about four messages today, uh, this, you know, or maybe it was yesterday. I don't know, uh, showing the new Daniel defense handgun, which is actually the Hudson H nine. Uh, but when Hudson went under due to several different issues, we won't go into none of them exceptionally bad. Just, you know, it happens in business, right? And uh, Daniel Defense bought the patent. So now it's, I believe it's the, the Daniel Defense H9, I don't know. Um, but I had a bunch of people send me that. Uh, the The Iris Laser from Sun is one that keeps coming back up, and I'm very excited to see, especially because <laughs> uh, from what I'm hearing coming out of SHOT Show, the MSRP on that bad boy is like 800 bucks, which is outstanding, because it means that we get a marked improvement over the existing Sun offering at about the exact same price exact same MSRP which is really cool uh and there's a bunch more I've seen you know new camo I know HRT is is uh rolling out some new gear I believe today was uh, one of the range days too so you get to go out and shoot a bunch of new weapons platforms and things like that I know Palmetto State Armory is doing a whole bunch of different things uh I believe it's the Aberdeen project uh they they made that announcement today and put the information out there for that Uh, they're potentially actually going to be rolling out a whole bunch of new stuff this year over at Palmetto. And that's really, really exciting because some of it's like a, like a 37 millimeter launcher, which is, uh, you know, civilian accessible, which the launchers always have been, they just were only made by a few companies and they were a little bit price prohibitive and people didn't really look into it. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's some good stuff. I think there's like an MP7 clone too, or something, uh, that, uh, that they're potentially getting ready to roll out. So it's, it's exciting to see that stuff. It always seems like every year we get a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, right? The civilian side of things gets more access. We get more options, uh, more ways to spend our money, you know, I suppose. Uh, And especially now that the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, that was mostly just, you know, our uh, time in Afghanistan, really, when you look at it, right? The war on terror, whatever you want to call it, GWAT that's pretty much over right so the american military complex doesn't have uh those large contracts kind of soaking up their time and effort and development so now with the lens shifts back kind of or the pendulum swings i should say it might be the more poetic way to put it right back to the civilian market. And what are you going to do for the civilian market? You know, we saw, you know, last year we saw some things roll out mid-year, uh, and you always will, right? Not everything won't always be ready for, <laughs> for end of January. It's just, it it's not how it works. And, <clears throat> uh, I, as somebody who works in product development and product management in my, in my real life, uh, i can tell you that best laid plans uh people want to drop all those one liners and and phrases and things talking about combat and stuff it's it's exactly the same in almost anything else right it best laid plans and then you know it delays happen changes happen a lot of the times it's out of your control right so uh, we had releases, you know, summer of uh, last year, right? Trigicon finally released two new pistol optics with the RCR and RMR-HD, right? Otherwise, I'm sure a lot of people would have been looking forward or looking for those at SHOT Show this year. Uh, probably a good thing that they got them out sooner, so gives them a little breathing room because uh, that's, that's the rub, right, is that you see these great products, then half the time they don't release right away or they release within a month or two of SHOT Show and then the companies are basically choking on their supply chains, trying to meet all the customer demand. It creates a surge in demand, right? Which there's a whole bunch of business stuff you can get into there and how you manage it and, and things like that, how you address supply and demand and, and stuff. But you know, shot shows a cool time of year. Um, We'll see undoubtedly a ton of content on YouTube and Instagram from lots of companies, uh, whether their company is, you know, like our friends over at Thin Line Defense that review and companies that produce, like our, you know, great sponsors over at HRT and, and things like that. So it's a cool time of year. There's definitely always a lot to talk about, uh, a lot to look at. Uh, hopefully, we don't get, like, what we did, I don't know, a couple of years back where there was, like, a bunch of drama or something at 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 SHOT Show and, and things right. like that. Hopefully we we avoid that. And for everybody attending, I hope everyone has a good time. And I'm also going to really look forward to seeing all the stories about how sick everybody gets because... Apparently there's always like some kind of flu or something that goes around SHOT Show and then people spend the whole next week or two weeks after they get back being completely miserable and extremely uh, sick to their stomachs. So good luck to everybody. May the odds be ever in your favor. Uh, But back here at home, uh, Prepared Mindset. We have a cool episode lined up with you guys. Uh, in total truth, we had to move this one because, uh, well, Troy had some real-life stuff that came up, and I don't know if, how much of that we're going to get into, but um, it directly relates to what we're talking about. Um, and uh, if I haven't said that, which actually, I, I think about it, I, I said Troy, I, I don't think I announced or, or told you guys this week. It's uh, Our guest is Troy Van... Man, I am going to butcher Troy's name. I'm going to apologize in advance, man. Man. I think I did this the last time we had you on, and it hasn't gotten any better for me. Troy Van Ustendorp was the owner of Defender Series Training Group. He was on uh, a little over a year ago. We had Troy on. We were talking about stuff. Uh, Since then, I've had the opportunity to actually take... Uh, CQB course with a Ryan training group. And I have basically spent <clears throat> the last several months really diving into the, the concepts behind CQB, or at least as much as I can, right? Having discussions, trying to vet out ideas and things like that. Because everyone, regardless of where you come from, whether, you know, two guys that come from the exact same school of thought, school of learning, uh, unit in the military, whatever, uh, everybody does CQB a little bit differently. And then you actually get these Wild and drastic differences uh, from from one I- idea to the next, or one concept to the other, um, and people get real bent out of shape about it. Uh, almost as torqued up as they get when we, they they find out that as civilians, uh, we want to learn how to do CQB. We want to learn how to safely and adequately uh, search and assess uh, and clear a structure in groups of more than one. Um, and maybe we'll get into that. I don't know. Uh, That's one of my most frustrating arguments in the CQB realm is when people bring up that, oh, you know, I will only teach singleton CQB because realistically, that's all you'll ever need. And, you know, I mean, if you're being realistic, all anyone might ever need could be the complete downfall of the Second Amendment as we know it, depending on how you make the argument and depending on how you justify it. So I I hate that. I think that's a stupid argument. Um, that's like, you know, me saying I'll never learn how to shoot past 50 yards because I live in the middle of suburbia and I won't have, uh, an opportune shot at past 50 yards. I mean, it, it, there's, it's just, it's, it's asinine. So, uh, Troy and I get into it. Uh, we cut it up man. I'm, I've been looking forward to this for a hot second because the last time I had him on, I didn't really know a whole lot. I knew a little bit and I wanted to know a lot more and now I know more and I'm, very, very much looking forward to sitting down and talking with Troy. Kind of seeing hey, what what him or, or he and Defender him, yeah, what he and Defender series have been doing for the last uh, 12, 13 months because there's been a bunch. I've been, if you guys don't follow him on on Instagram, I would you know really suggest uh, checking them out. I think I've had a buddy who took one of their classes in upstate New York, and I know he's been all over the place doing all kinds of interesting stuff. So it should be a really, really cool conversation, one that I'm sure you guys will enjoy. Before I get over to talking with Troy, though, I have to say thank you to a couple of people. Uh, If you guys are new here, if this is your first time checking us out, if you've not listened to The Prepared Mindset, or maybe you haven't checked us out in a while, right? Uh, we have some people uh, that really make what we do here possible, and it starts with our Patreon patrons. So if you're somebody who does happen to listen often, frequently, maybe you look forward to these releases every week, you guys head on over to our Patreon page, right? It's patreon.com forward slash prepared, underscore mindset, underscore pod. Okay, we release, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff in there, honestly. You know, we have exclusive episode content there, we have exclusive video content there, we have blog posts, drills, downloadable and printable targets, and, and all kinds of good things going on over there, and every bit of what you guys you know, send us in support through Patreon, comes straight back here to the podcast. And honestly, man, it's looking like maybe, maybe that's what's going to get us to SHOT Show next year. I, I hope so. Right. We've been doing this podcast for four years. We've been doing Instagram, uh, sorry, not Instagram, <laughs> uh, Instagram the whole time, but we've been in Patreon for about a year, a little over a year and a half, maybe, I don't know. Uh, and the support you guys is just, it's, it's outstanding. We really, really appreciate it. And it really helps everything that we have going here with the podcast. So if you're looking for a way to support us, even if it's just a little bit, and you, we have a couple different tiers. There's a lot of different levels of access and things like that. You guys can sign up and support us over at Patreon. Um, if you're looking to pick up any gear, any merchandise, t-shirts, hats, hoodies, uh, you guys can go through the link in our link tree on Instagram we have a spread shirt shop, uh, which a little bit of that comes back to us. We mostly just wanted to give you guys the opportunity to order some swag. Uh, I got, I grabbed a couple shirts. I think Josh has a hoodie and a hat. Um, but it's, it's good stuff. You know, Uh, a little bit of that comes back to support us. We really, really appreciate all your guys' support. Uh, but in addition to those two things, uh, we do have some really, really cool industry partners. If you're listening to this and you happen to be at SHOT Show, look them up. I believe they're all there and you need to go check out what they're doing. Um, because without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do so first thank you to custom night vision guys it was it's it's still every time i say this it's absolutely epic and awesome to say that we have uh, a partner in the night vision space and it's important because night vision is becoming a standard in our community yes it's expensive yeah there's a lot to it but when you're talking about capability protecting and defending your life your home and your loved ones It's kind of a moving target. You guys can head on over to customnightvision.com and check out everything that they have to offer you to help you in your fight to stay well-prepared and well-equipped. So whether you're starting with your very first unit a monocular, whether you're looking to get into some binos, you don't, you have no idea what's going on. It's okay. The team at custom is there to assist you. They're there to answer your questions. They have an insight chat function. So you can have access to the team at almost any time of day. And if they don't answer, you can get an email and all kinds of good stuff. They're there to make a 100% 100% transparent buying experience for you guys. Head on over to customitevision.com. See all the PVS14 and Tonto units they have in stock, both white phosphor and green phosphor, or the 1431s, the Katana's, the DTNVs's, RPNVGs. Again, white phosphor, green phosphor. They have options in Photonis tubes, Elbit tubes, L3. And again, if you don't know what any of that means, you know what Photonis? You don't know a Photonis Echo from an L3? That's it's totally fine. That's what the team at Custom is there to assist you with. And guys, they actually have images of all these tubes up and available on the website. So you can actually, instead of just looking at some random stats and numbers, you think high FOM is good, but you don't really know what anything else, you know, signal to noise ratio, you don't know any of that, right? You don't know what to look for, or if you're going to get a, you know, a little blem in your image they make sure that they take the images of those tubes and they post them up. So you get to see and choose before you actually commit to the purchase. Guys, Custom is doing fantastic work equipping civilians like you and like me. They sent me some awesome 1431 Mark IIs. I love them. Head on over to customnightvision.com. Check it out for yourselves. Also, really, really cool company that we work with, HRT Tactical Gear. So if you guys are I don't know. You're getting ready to buy that first plate carrier. You made the decision that 2024 is an election year and you're really just, you're concerned. You want to at least have the basics covered. You guys can head over to HRTTacticalgear.com and check out their plate carriers, their placards, their arc belt line. They have tons of great nylon gear solutions for you guys, whether again, it's a plate carrier or you have a plate carrier and you're looking to get a little bit more robust with your placard solution, like their Maximus, which I think is just tops in the market. Can't be beat in my opinion. They also sell armor plates. So you can do a full one-stop shop experience through the HRT website. You can grab some armor from Highcom or Acelink. You can grab a plate carrier. You can grab a belt. You can grab some mag pouches. They have incredible mag pouches. Pouches with what I think is the perfect amount of retention. I love those. Uh, you know, Walsh from Thin Line and I were talking about them when we had him on a couple of weeks ago. They got medical supplies and more. Check out their website again. It's hrttacticalgear.com. Pick yourself up some new gear today. And finally, a big shout out to the team over at 100 Concepts. Jonah, Garrett, and Pierce—three guys that do some outstanding work. Make some really, really, really. Cool products. If you guys have been living under a rock, uh, then you probably don't know who they are. But otherwise, if you have social media, they pretty much blew up uh, a little over a year ago with their light caps. And then someone said, hey, could you make one a little bit bigger so we can put it on our scopes? And I go, yeah, we can do that. So their light caps, their scope caps have been just absolutely tremendous. And then that turned into their pro cap series where they found a way to include an anti-reflective device uh, into the cap itself. And then they went from the Ranger bands and the shock cord to the shock collar. So they have them even, you know, better way to attach to your lights and your scopes and things just great work from those guys. The company motto is do good, be dangerous, live free. You actually can head on over to 100concepts.com, check out their pack and helmet scrim, their chem light kits, the sling hook 2.0, and very shortly here, their aperture caps. If you're running some night vision from our friends over at custom night vision. So you guys, one more time, it's 100concepts.com. Go check it out and pick up some gear for yourselves. So uh, with that out of the way, we we have a really good episode this week. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I enjoy what I see from from Troy on Instagram, and it's tough keeping up with, with everybody, but I try to you know, keep an eye out for what they got going on, the content that they share, and they do a lot of teaching. They do a lot of training, which is great to see, especially when you look at the civilian side, but even on the law enforcement side, where we've had so many conversations with so many of our guests here that there just is a... Still, despite the number of training companies out there, there is a lack of quality training, especially in the CQB space for our law enforcement agencies. And when we talk about things like school shooters and mass shooters in uh, public spaces and things, that's where that training becomes invaluable. And just because you say you can train on something and you can convince some kind of weird government official to give you money to teach it doesn't mean you're qualified what Troy and defender series are doing is top notch work. And again, I've been looking forward to this discussion since we were able to get it on the calendar. So without any further delay from me, we're just going to cut on over to my discussion with Troy. Hope you guys like it. Welcome back, sir. How you been? It's been like a, a whole year since, uh, since we had you on. Yeah. Uh,
1: thank you. Uh, thank you for having me again. And, uh, yeah. Lots of change. I mean, we've, we've both, you know, done some things and, you know, growing, but great to be back, man. Thank
0: you. Yeah, no, it, I, I've i been looking forward to this conversation uh, just because it, it's always interesting. Anytime I get to sit down and talk with anybody about, I mean, I, I'll say CQB in general, but some of this stuff, it gets so, I don't know, you get so in the weeds on it. It usually ends up being pretty interesting to hear, you know, different perspectives and, and things like that. And so, especially with what you do with defender series where you guys have, you know, like what your experiences are with teaching. And then, you know, like we were saying before I even hit record, I didn't even realize that you were still out there doing stuff with the day job. So you experience things there too. And not everybody has, you know what I mean? Like the, the dual pronged perspective of teaching and what you learn there and doing right. And what you learn there at the same time, a lot of people do a transition between one or the other. Right. And you actually have the perspective of kind of both at the same time. Um, so I've been looking forward to this and kind of want to, you know, get into everything. I mean, what, what do you guys, what's been the, the last 12 months for defender series? What do you guys been up to
1: Uh, growth, 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 man? It's uh, it's been a super humbling journey for us. <laughs> we, I think we capped the year out at, training over a hundred students, which, you know, kind of our, our first year was that's, it was great, you know, when, and we're yeah. continuing, you know, in 24, we've already scheduled out till May, you know, we got one or one or two courses a month, whether they'd be private contracts or, or open enrollment courses. And so uh, we, we just been growing, making good connections, you know, connecting with lots of good, people departments instructors um you know I, i've had you know a couple of guest instructors out that have helped me out you know tier one guys or sf guys and so uh it's just been you know an awesome ride and you know again I, like i say it in every class and i truly truly mean it it's so cool to have a platform to get in front of you know it's obviously a lot of cops that we teach but there's still you know a good amount of civilians but it's just great to have an opportunity to get in front of and, and kind of pass some knowledge that, you know, I have learned through my department and my experiences to these guys, you know, they're paying, they're spending their time, trying away from their family. And so it's just, it's super humbling. And so I'm loving every minute of it and uh, you know, nothing but growth, you know, is in the future for us. So it's exciting.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's awesome to have, you know, one more good company out there that actually will teach to civilians uh and it's it's every day i feel like i have the discussion with somebody probably not you know realistically but i I have it all the time where people go well this is why you shouldn't as a civilian you know learn cqb or then you have guys that come out and say the companies shouldn't teach it at all because whatever you know what i mean and i think it's such a I think it's stupid <laughs> like I think it's, it's such a shit way to look at uh I mean anything right because as soon as you start throwing out uh, like the like, like the main argument right it's like well statistically you're most likely to be a singleton so clearing your home so that's all you ever need to know you don't need to know how to do team-based movement and team-based uh I don't want to use the word tactics, but it's it's tactics essentially is what it, you know, amounts to and stuff. And they, you know, there's a lot of people that don't think that folks like myself should have access to that information. I think it's stupid. (laughs) I mean, you could you could literally crumble the entire Second Amendment by saying, well, statistically, you're most likely to only run into, you know, X, Y, Z and you box yourself. in. I think it's a dumb argument.
1: Yeah no I I have had this stance from day 1 and and I think the cool thing for me that that kind of shapes my the way I see this is you know one of my main things on the police department and now we do it as a company is teaching active shooter right so mm-hmm. teaching cops how to respond to active shooters and in doing that I I do as much research as I possibly Possibly can you know we we look at past incidents, incidents. we we look at uh, what tactics were used by the shooter by the responding officers, <clears throat> but the great part is when you when you get to dive into that, you see and kind of like we talked a little bit about this last time. There's so many active shooters out there that were stopped by a civilian before it even became a police response. I mean, police ended up responding, but they stopped the shooter. Whether it be, you know, by lethal force or you know uh, disarming them. And those are civilians. And this is the one like this is the worst uh you know thing that we think about as an active shooter, a mass shooter. That that's you know up there as far as scalability. And yeah. what's the worst thing that could happen in a city? And that's definitely up there. And you're saying that civilians are stopping them, and for people to say that those civilians shouldn't have some training when, you know, you guys, and I tell this to, you know, civilians all the time, you guys are by far and large more numbers than the police force. So responsibly armed citizens are going to always have the opportunity, you know, a lot quicker than police to respond to something. And when I say respond, I'm not saying guys, listen to your scanner and go, you know, try to be Batman. I'm saying if something's happening in your area and you're paying attention and you have good situational awareness that that's, that's going to happen, you know, all the time. And, and civilians do it all the time. And, you know, if, if I had a, you know, trained civilian that knew how to respond to active shooters and knew how to do some kind of clearance, then I wouldn't have a problem with him and being in a mall and hearing gunshots and, you know, tactically making his way to the gunshots Now, of course, you know, we have to talk about the danger that 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 civilian has, you know, not knowing when the cops are going to get there, right? They're willing to have to be willing to accept that. But I have no problem with that. And here's the thing. Tactics aren't proprietary, right? No one person has a trademark or register, you know, it, it is owns tactics.
0: Right. No, it's, so but but you get guys that get, they get all bent out of shape about it. And yeah, like, you, yeah. you can't, you can't know this, man. This, that's not for you. Like yeah. we're all, we, we all shit all over the gatekeeping people, but then yeah. it's okay in this discussion for whatever reason.
1: And, you, you know, the other thing I'd say to those keep you know, it's. If, if that's your mentality, don't even worry about it. Cause you're not going to be the person that's ever going to, you know, help help somebody in a situation right. or or in that matter, help yourself. But with the world, the way it is, and I'm not like a, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I am not, you know, doomsday prepper, anything, you know, to those extremes. But I do understand that we have some major unrest going on all over the place. And there might be a point where you are your own first responder for whatever it may be, wherever you are. So, uh, I, that you know, that's always been my argument. and And I'd rather have, you know, more trained civilians out there getting the proper training so that if they do respond because let's say you don't get the training but you think in your head because you know you watch John Wick enough like hey I hear gunshots I can go do something yeah <laughs> and now you become more of a liability than an asset so you know i i don't I, I don't understand the gatekeepers and you know you feel like the instructors that that have that mindset or you know a lot of military soft guys that you know, it's just kind of ingrained in them. It's a part of their culture. A lot of them, if if they're not open minded enough to to see outside of it, and, and so I get it. I'm not mad at them, but you know, it, it's fine. There's there's plenty of guys that are you know out there willing to teach you know the the people that want to learn.
0: Well, and it it's weird too because you get the other side of it, or, or they come back. Well, I'm not totally opposed, you know, to civilians being you know able to learn how to do this stuff, but. Uh, you know, just as a single person, which then kind of equates more to we'll only teach you, right? We'll only let you learn or we only think you should learn, Uh, you know, uh, deliberate search techniques, right? Very slow methodical processes, uh, limited penetration, things like that, where it's it makes sense in the application of I'm one person and I don't know where to the bad guy is which could be for multiple reasons it, it isn't always at least it, and this is my my perspective is you could be trying to safely get a group of people out of a building you know what i mean like those tactics have a dual application it doesn't have to be just to go eliminate a threat it could be here's how i can you know clear a threshold or a doorway or make sure this area is clear so that i can bring 12 or 20 people down the hall with me and go, okay, there's the door. Everybody get out. Now there's, there's value beyond just like the surface level with some of these things. And when you, when you're looking at something like this, and this is this, again, this is just my opinion. There's a lot of value in depth of knowledge. So yeah, you may not use, I mean, I think it's even a little bit weird that we get so finite with, you know, oh, this is a dynamic tactic and this is a deliberate tactic and this is whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, But there is a lot of value to that and you see it being valuable, like you said, civilian responders and also our first responders who are not always as well trained as they probably should be or could be just, I mean, for any, for a myriad of reasons, right? I mean, there's a lot to this and when we start putting up those like self-imposed walls, it's just stupid. You're working against yourself and there's absolutely no reason for it. Why not let people have an opportunity to learn this and put themselves in a better, you know, mental, uh, position, if anything else, right. You know, to, to address these kinds of situations and scenarios.
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, you know, a lot of times when somebody that hasn't done CQB style training, <clears throat> it's very eye-opening to them of how hard it is to clear a structure covering, you know, all the angles. And so, you know, like you said, just that knowledge of, oh, okay, this is not easy at all, you know, and so, you know, me potentially thinking that I'm gonna, like I said, be John Wick is that's, that's not real reality without lots and lots of training and, and how to you know, move through doors. You know, and, and get into rooms and cover those danger areas. And you know, t- to the other point that you said, guys are no, nobody's mad at guys for being armed and going to the range,
0: right? You no know? you about here, that.
1: Yeah, they're less. They're just as likely to use lethal force, you know, in an outdoor setting than in an indoor setting. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, if we're playing the likelihood games and guys just want to do it, they want to shoot guns, whether it's, you know, to protect themselves or because they just like it, what CQB is, you know, no different. It's fun. I like it.
0: You get the same, the same people. Those are the same guys that will sit there and they'll say, well, if you're only training on the flat range, right. If you're only shooting a paper, if you're only fill in the blank, right. You're not, you're doing yourself a disservice. So it's kind of a it's kind of a really weird moving target in that way because there's always like a justification uh, and and that's probably part of like the whole social media engine and things like that, right? Where guys will, you know, you got to give yourself something to talk about and I get it, right? I just, I fucking hate it because more often than not guys come, come across just being assholes whether they're right or wrong purely because they want to keep moving the goalposts, you know? So, uh, and and CQB is just one of those convenient ones because it is so difficult, I think, from a video, right, like a 30-second snippet on Instagram to look at what's going on and go, good job or not good job. You know, there's context to everything. There's help their students, and they made a fucking mistake. And it, it, it's you can't tell that from the clip. I mean, then guys get, you know, all kinds of heartburn in the comment section, which is always great. It's always really great because most of them can't articulate themselves very well, so it's just a lot of pissing and moaning back and forth about why, why would they just watch? It's terrible, and I'm sure you guys get that on your videos and stuff too when you post them up.
1: You know the funny thing is, is I get that mostly from other SWAT guys. <laughs> uh, really, they'll like you said, they'll see the snippet of the video. Not even a lot of the times they won't even read and it's not a lot, it's, it's a very small number. I, I've maybe gotten less than 10, you know, of their time span of my Instagram, but the, of those less than 10, like nine of them are, are, you know, SWAT guys. And sometimes it's just a context thing of explaining context to them. Sometimes there's, you know, some guys out there that are just 100%. This is the way they learn. This is how they do it on their team. And anything else is wrong because, because that's just you know their limited scope, and 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 again you know when we start judging tactics like who's are better and, and stuff like that, ninety ninety nine percent of it is is theory based and and situational dependent of what tactic is better, and some of the small differences between some of the teams, they're so minute that it's like you're doing the same thing, you're just calling it something different, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, getting those and but I also am very, very careful because of those people of how, when I post my videos, even when it's students, you know, I'm very, very careful of, you know, making sure the tactics are, you know, generally pretty good in those videos, because I know that people are not going to see the students and go and not only whether they're their first run or their last run, but, you know, I I, I see as a, as a pride in myself and my company that you know, I want to get them to a spot where, you know, they, they do look good in a video because that's, you know, incumbent on me to teach them and make sure that they, you know, understand the tactics and employ them as, as we're teaching them.
0: Yeah. And it, it's, it's tough too, because I mean, like <clears throat> for me anyway, I'll, I'll entertain, I shouldn't say entertain. I'm cool with almost anything. Like if you can articulate to me why you do something, uh, you know, a certain way, like, uh, I've had this conversation a bunch of times with some people and it always kind of ends up in the same place. But because you see a lot of guys, uh, you know, putting up the videos, right? You'll you'll pan the doorway and then you, you whatever you do, right? You uh, muzzle dip or head nod or whatever your signal is right. And then guys just crisscross and they sidestep through the doorway. No one does a center step per se. <clears throat> and some guys get all fired up about that. You didn't look at the center of the room. Versus, okay, just do a center check when you come through, when you step through, literally look at the at the you know the middle of the room, and then dig a corner or something. It it takes no more time or whatever. And both are right. I mean, if you pan the doorway, didn't you see what's in the center? You know, or uh, same thing in the center. Like I was, I've been through one class, so like, what the fuck do I know? You know. Uh, but we we didn't do center center steps in class. We did a lot of panning. It's a more of a deliberate search tactic or method or concept, right? Um, But we still saw eighty percent of the room. You know, and that—that's where that's where my my head is at with a lot of it. Like, some people can justify their perspective a little bit better than others, and I get that. But as long as your 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 end state is is roughly the same, hey, uh, I saw eighty percent of the room. I didn't see my deep corners. Does it really make a difference? I mean, you're always going to have some pro and some con, but, but as long as it's well, uh, I don't want to say rehearsed, but well understood and well executed at the end of the day, does it, does it make a difference. Yeah. And that's where, like you said, you get some guys that, Hey, I learned it this way. You're not doing it this way. And this is a fucking problem. And I'm going to let you know about it.
1: Yeah. And so here's, uh, to speak on those type of people just really quickly and, and, and those people aren't they're not trying to teach you anything when they respond to those, you know, comments of I how know, you did anything. Yeah. What they're really trying to do is if you look at the psychology of it, what they're really trying to do is is justify what they know by telling you what you don't know, and then you're not doing it the right way. 100%. And it's like so, you know, when you truly understand, you know, all the tactics of CQB, like if I if I see somebody do that as opposed, you know, they do a pan and they don't look center as opposed, or, or if they d- decide to do a center check while they're going after they pan, why did you do what you do? Let's, you know, or if I see something like that, I'm like, Hey, that's, that's a good method. I, like I, I always teach in my classes. I got, I got like a, a list of, of proper ways, not a list, but like a, a grade, right? Hey, in, in a lot of my classes a lot of the good stuff like hey you did you did this i would give this this is the a minus answer if you did it just a little bit better there would be the a plus answer so at the end of the day like you're still passing and crushing this paper this grade but you know with this subtle difference you just crushed it with an a plus instead of an a minus and so yeah. you know especially like you know just what you just talked about right there right so And there there's definitely guys out there that put out, you know, high level guys that have a lot of experience that will say, you know, you need to look back into the center of the room again. And, you know, again, so in my opinion, if you just if you just say that blanketly, then you always do that. You do a, a threshold assessment, you pan a door. And then before you as you're actually entering, if you look into the center of the room, you start to develop a training scar. So let's just say, for instance, as you're painting that room, the center of the room is a wall, a blank wall, no objects that could potentially hide a person or a living body, right? So let's just say, for instance, it's a uh, a table with, you know, thin, round, wooden legs that if somebody was hiding over there in that area, you would see it in your pan. Sure. Why? Why are we looking in the center of that that particular room? Because we always do it. No, that's, that's not the right answer. Now, if I do a pan of the room and I see a possible danger area, like maybe I, I see a big couch, and that there's a, there's clearly a walkway or you know something behind the couch that can hide a body.
0: Yeah, okay, someone could be dumped back there. Yeah,
1: right. Now, it potentially, you know, it makes sense for you to if you are employing that tactic to use it there. However, I don't. You know, I don't, if you always do it and then you see, and, and those people, if, you know, if you're teaching it that way and the, the guys that are picking it up, don't understand the context behind why you're doing it and when you need to do it, then they're just going to, they're going to go on the internet and they're saying, Hey, I was taught this way. You always need to look in the center room. And then somebody, you know, that's smart enough with an answer to say, the center of this room is a blank wall. Why would I need to look into it again and take any attention away from my blind corner? Like, please yeah. tell me how that makes sense to you and, and justify it to me. Cause I want to have the conversation, you know, and if you can have a valid argument, then cool, let's, let's, let's go there. But I just don't think you can all the time. So, you know, that's why I don't like to give like blanket answers for every single scenario, because the key thing that you said, and I already wrote it down is the biggest thing that guys don't understand is context, you know, and in my opinion, when I tell guys what we're teaching, like, I want to get you so good at CQB, whether it be active shooter, you know, we're talking about high risk search words. I don't, I don't matter like entering a room, the you know, the tactics of getting through doorways and hallways and stuff like that, it, it all translates, but I want you to be so good at tactics that you understand number one, how fast and slow you need to go and for what scenario and for what reason, like why, What? why are we going fast or why are we going slow? And then I want you to be under, understand which tactic is the right tactic in each scenario. Right. You know, like there could be a tactic where it's, it's a good time to do a slow and deliberate clearance. Right. Like I, I'll just give you an example without going into details, you know, an operation that we just had the other night that caused us to have to reschedule. Sure. We have technology that was able to drive us to pinpoint, you know, a specific a set of closed doors that this person could have been in, right? So there's no there's no reason for me to rush into any part of the the rest of this house if we've you know cleared it with technology. You know, of course, there's these caveats that technology can't clear everything, drones and stuff like that. But if I can set my focus and go slow and deliberate on somebody that we've you know already seen multiple weapons, right? We've seen a vest on somebody. Then I'm not rushing, you know. To that point, I'm going to go slow when I find these rooms, and you know, slowly clear with a a shield potentially if we have it, because we know that he's ready to rock and roll. And so, context like that's the context for that tactic. And then if I if I add one more caveat to that, let's say that person had had a hostage. All right, that changes everything. Now I'm going fast. So, you know, that's that's a new there's the different context behind it now
0: well and when i went through class that was like far more than like any one like particular thing that i picked out of the class and again it was a day and a half it was a charity event you know uh so it was just it was a shortened time span they usually do like a three-day class but the biggest thing i took away from this and i didn't even realize how big it was until probably two days after i got home and i was like I took a day off work and I was like, I'm going to write all this shit down. I'm going to write down everything. And I went through probably like 15 revisions of this like document that I put together. The biggest thing is just how you, you learn how to think it's, and and, and a lot of guys like will shit on the, another tool in the toolbox thing. They hate the adage or whatever, but to me it really is. It's so situationally dependent what you like the the input you get from the room or the threshold or the hallway and then how you process it, how quickly you can process it. And then, and even, and uh, so Joe Pistone was one of the instructors at the Orion uh, class. And he said the the phrase he used was initiative driven tactics. And when we would do something before he would, I mean, unless it was something really dumb, like it was completely dry and I flagged a guy and he gave me a bunch of shit and he should, you know, <laughs> so that's obvious shit. but. Yeah. Like I made a dumb, I thought I made a dumb mistake on, on a rep. And before he got, he got on my case, he goes, okay, why'd you do that? And he did that a lot to try and get us to get used to like, explain what you saw and explain why you reacted that way. And I think that's just, it's a great way of getting people to understand, right? Like, okay, you saw an open door. So you went to the wall. Well, what about this? Did you think about this? Did you think about this? And it was like so eye opening because there's so many different things. Like I didn't know. I didn't think of that. No, I didn't think of this, especially when you start getting in groups of three and four, when you're like, well, I, that made sense. But no, I didn't even realize that I cut off this guy's muzzle because now he can't get past me for, you know, coverage or whatever. And man, there's just, there's so much to it. And that's why, and I, I see this sometimes too. And I, I don't get it is guys that will teach these beginner classes and they'll sit there and they'll harp on tempo. Like, oh, one of the principles of CQB is or you know speed, surprise, violence of action. Yeah, man. Like, I saw the documentary from 10 years ago, too, with the guy from the SAS. Like, I, or whatever. I get it. Like, mm-hmm. but you can only, you can't overdrive your headlights, man. You're teaching, like, unless you're teaching guys that can go that fast, which let's face it, I, I'm pretty sure. Most CQB classes today in this country are to your like mid to low tier law enforcement and civilians who aren't, we're just not high speed. <laughs> I mean, jokes aside, like high speed is not the term I would ever use to define most of us. Uh, so you, yeah. tempo I mean, should be the last thing on the list. So I, to well, me, thinking is always yeah. more important.
1: It is. And you're, you know, and I, I say it's you know it's chess, not checkers, and CQB is one hundred percent a thinking's man, a thinking man's game. It it, it definitely is, and th- that's what like for me, <clears throat> my um, when I get excited about watching students, it's because they saw what they were gonna do three steps before they did it, and they you know they were already setting themselves up. So, you know, they're they're looking three, four doors in an L-shape down, down the room or down the hallway, down a structure, and they're already setting themselves and their team up to be able to handle that, you know, properly. And so, you know, it's one thing when you first start, it's like, hey, let me just get through this door, like you said, without muzzling somebody, yeah. <laughs> you know, let me just get through this door and be able to get on target if there's a target inside quick enough, right? Because that's another thing that, you know, it helps a lot of people realize is, you know, especially law enforcement, you do your quals on the range and you're completely static. 90% of these guys are completely static. Mm-hmm. Well, And then I, you know, you put them in a school and say, go do active shooter training or whatever, go clear a, a building alarm. And there's nothing static about that. You're mo- moving. And and so it, it says it reinforces things that you should do on the range, you know, moving while you're shooting in, in these weird positions where you're, you know, your torso is, is completely disassociated from your hips and, and you're, you know, scanning a room that that's a different platform to shoot from. And so, you know, it gives you those, you know, broader steps of, of, of that. And, you know, to talk on the tempo guys, like, again, it's in my opinion, this is just me from my experience. And, you know, I stay away from, you know, I stay away from doing any kind of, negative publicity to anybody on social media i've definitely had my nights where you know maybe got a couple beers and I decide to comment to somebody (laughs) you know but a lot of times all i won't even put it publicly and i've done this to somebody that you know teaches courses at a you know with a big company and i and i i just send them a message like hey i didn't want to send this even though you know you were asking for feedback I didn't want to send this on your comment section. I just, you know, and we ended up talking on the phone. Like we did a IG call. I didn't even know you could do that without seeing each other. It was just phone call. Yeah. Uh, You know, for like an hour and a half, you know, until like one in the morning. And so, you know, at the end of the day, did, did we, did we, you know, agree on anything? No, but we you know kind of talked about our experiences and what drives our experiences. And, you know, some are just different than the other. And, and that, and, and so, uh, I, I like to have those conversations instead, you know, of doing the bashing people on Instagram. Cause there's some big people right now that make it a habit of doing lives, just bashing people. And, and it draws oh, yeah. attention. It draws it's, attention. It's and I just like, you know, you're a professional instructor and I get it when there's training points to point out, but I, I think there's a level of, you're just you're into your own world now. You're loving the attention you get from, mm-hmm. you know, bashing people. And guys are asking you to bash people because our community, this community, is is terrible with that. They'd rather send eight messages about somebody doing something stupid than you know the messages of all these guys that are doing the things right. Yeah, you know,
0: it's, really self-destructive. it's really self destructive. It's really it's fucking annoying honestly because yeah we, we like to all build ourselves up and talk about like helping helping new shooters and helping people get access to good information and training but then like i would say probably 80 percent of the you know quote community uh mm-hmm. we just shit on each other we give each other a really really hard time over really really dumb shit
1: yeah and it sucks man because there's a lot like there's guys that are just so good at teaching certain things and explaining things that I do follow. And then when they do stuff like that, I'm like, I, I, there's there's somebody that I've unfollowed like three or four times. And then I see them put out something good. I'm like, okay, good stuff. And then I'm like, gosh, I just hate the negativity, you know? Like, so I, I just try to not, and that's what I tell people about, you know, Instagram, like it, it is what you make it, you know, your feed, your feed on Instagram, it, the algorithm is what you, what you view, what you like, mm-hmm. you know, what you comment on. So it can be amazing. Like my feed is great. It's, you know, for the most part, it's, you know, every once in a while, I'll get some of that, but I've made so many connections and, in has, have so many opportunities based off of Instagram that it is an amazing tool, you know, for people in our industry to connect guys that I would have never connected with, you know, I've connected with Instagram and now like I'm going to Florida to, you know, run a course in Florida in a couple months. Just because of, you know, connecting with somebody and then meeting in person because it happened to they happened to be in in my city at the time, so you know it's 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 got its amazing uh, capabilities if you use it correctly.
0: Yeah, we just have a, I mean, and, and to me that there's like you said like you make great connections. There's so much information you can get out there and the perspectives you can glean that you would normally not you know w- without this platform and stuff wouldn't have the opportunity but i think the one the one thing a lot of people miss is it's like you know a lot of a lot of us in the civilian space i'll be honest like <clears throat> i can't afford to go take you know nine different cqb classes or nine different rifle classes from nine different guys put it all in a pool and pick out my favorite shit so there and and we've got we get to that point right where you you go and you have a good a good experience with an instructor and all of a sudden it's like you only you only subscribe to that church you know what I mean like it's like it's almost like we have lost or we do lose in a lot of instances the capability for any kind of critical thought or critical you know uh, analysis like it is both fair and reasonable to say i really liked everything i learned at you know the defender series training group class I don't like that. We did this one thing this way. I still had a very positive interaction. I learned a lot and I would recommend it to people. We, we, we like, we can't make that distinction. It's like, we, we turn into like 13 year olds again, where it's like, you're all in on the friendship or, or we hate each other. There is no like adult comprehension that goes on with a lot of it. It's when you step back, it's actually kind of funny, but it is also sad.
1: Yeah. No, it is. It's got, it's, it's, it's definitely got its humor. And I know a lot of the, you know, joking on people does bring humor and I I will say this, you know, I, I say the, I don't like the negativity, but there is definitely some people that just need to get picked on. Like, you know, there's some, there's some wild videos out there of, you know, I don't even know who these people are that, you know, are putting out some stuff that like, it's not even close within like what's acceptable as tactics. It's just like way outside. And so <laughs> sure, like, let's all, you know, a little have everyone that knows what they're talking about, let's have a little laugh. I get it. You know, that's, that's not a problem, you know, but it's when it's, it's just the, the, like you said, it's all right. Hey, these guys are all about tempo. They want speed, surprise, violence of action. And, and they're going to, they're going to dog on everyone else in their tactics because you know, they're, one track minded and so you know for for that that's the that's the one that you know irritates me you know and and it's it's so weird because it's it doesn't matter what level you get to it's happening you know i have i have guys that i train with i've taught with have taught for me with me tier one dev group uh green berets And then I, I, you know, have, you know, good friends that are, uh, Delta and then, you know, other people that are Delta and they have complete different views and they were, you know, came from the same command. So it's like, and I get it. Like it, even within those, you know, within those very special units, there is, you know, they, they have their own little factions of how they do things. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: you know, development group isn't just one big team right it's a bunch of squadrons and you know they might all have their own niches or the way that they you know run things and do things but by and large the one thing that you know most of these tier one units i say most and i'm saying you know my my 95 percent of guys from tier one units especially if they're more recent right so if you you know retired from a tier one unit in like 2015 or or earlier then you might have not have been around for some of the recent changes or from some of the small changes right like the del- slow deliberate clearance is a thing and a in a development group or tier one level right it is 100 a thing so I, me as a SWAT guy I'm not going to be like hey these guys have adopted this tactic for certain situations not everything they know when and where to apply it I'm not going to be like, well, no, man, my SWAT team, like, I saw it. I don't like it. I'm not on board with it. We're just going to continue doing this, you know, speed, surprise, violent action for everything. No, man, the best part about those guys and the guys that make it to those units is because they start using their brains and they're not just, you know, robots. You know, you're you're in yeah. a, like, you go to a regular army unit, you're literally taught CQB is battle drill six, And it's it's, it's literally doctrine. So it's written that you shall do this, 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 and this. And there's no swaying from that. Right. And and so what I say is like, and you can have great thoughts. And if you're, but if you're doing it, that's not this, this, and this, nobody cares about your thoughts. You're doing it this way. you know, One of the things that makes those tier one guys great is that they start using their minds and they get to develop their own doctrine and it's based on what they're seeing and what their adversaries are doing.
0: <clears throat> I, I, it's funny. You brought, you brought up the battle drill. Cause like, uh, pre getting into actually go to a CQB class. We have a, a buddy up here that has like a barn and he, he built like a threshold in the middle of it. So we could, we all wanted to learn some shit. And we had a, a couple of our buddies, one's a former Marine and one was in the army. And, uh, and I'll just say because it's Josh, he's my co-host and I give him shit all the time. But when I was like, Yeah, man, I want to learn CQB, he, and the first time he looked at me, he goes, dude, it's just a battle drill. And I was like, What do you what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, and in the back of my brain, I'm like, everything on YouTube told me that this was really difficult. And he, you know, he goes off about he's like, it's just a single, it's battle drill six or whatever. It's you know, um, and it's funny because <clears throat> we went to class and At that weekend for HTA, he took a small tactics course. I took CQB and we got back. We uh, we did a whole thing. Like rented an RV and shit. We did it in style, kind of. Um, And people that have listened to those episodes know that it was not exactly the most glamorous of RV trips. But uh, we get back and I'm like, dude, I'm going to kick you in the nuts. Like, there is no way this is one battle drill, super simple shit. And half the stuff that we went over and that he explained to us when we were working at a buddy's barn, you know, just trying to learn some basic stuff. Like, nope, that's not it it's not even close anymore. And then, but, but again, that's looking at it without context. You do understand like, yeah, the stuff that they teach to the conventional forces is about 10 ish years behind the curve of what's relevant and what, you know, what's being applied in the field. So it, I don't know. It just, I always giggle when, uh, when well, I get that.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's not only just that it's, it's not necessarily because it's outdated. It's like, you know, put yourself in the, big army perspective how do i teach thousands of dudes a year how to do this one yeah, thing
0: 100 that, that,
1: that they're not going to technically go and do operationally until they go to a unit and do some more things and you know hopefully get some more specialized training and and do workups and stuff so how do i develop a tactic that i can get these guys through and so that's you know a lot that's a lot of the thought that goes into it Every single room is taken exactly the same. Like it doesn't matter what you know what the room looks like. Your points of domination. You're doing this squeeze over the shoulder, throw pushing a guy into the room.
0: <laughs> and I'm telling you,
1: yep. I. So the, here's the funny thing, right? So uh, I don't know if we talked about last time, this last time, but uh, you know I've been on police park for almost eleven years now, and about six years ago I joined the Army National Guard you know navy veteran years and years ago but it's been a while but i had to go back to to a dense version of boot camp in uh fort letterwood
0: <laughs> I bet, I bet so, that was fucking 11. awesome
1: and so we get to and you know we talked about there's you know uh, a big mixture of guys cuz it was all prior service military guys that went we we're all together and then we get to the you know the battle drill 6 and you know, you got this drill sergeant who he's a, he he's a E, I want to say he was an E7 sergeant first class and he had been to war, you know, he had, he had combat tours, but he has to buy into that tactics like it's the Bible mm-hmm. and he's got to teach it that way. And I don't know if he believes in it or, and if he did it like that or not, but, you know, big army, there wasn't a ton of CQB going on in the, you know, even in the Iraq war, it was, you know, just a lot of urban combat you know yes you're clearing into a mud hut here and there but you know i'm saying overall big army right right. and so you know he's teaching it like it's it's the ick man (laughs) And and i'm just like oh this is i i don't know if i can even fake this right now this is this is rough
0: yeah. Having, having known better. And, and so, and I will, I'll throw out there cause now he's going to listen to this. Josh was very like, Hey, he laughed, but he's very like receptive when I explained what I learned and stuff, but it is, it's funny, you know, like comparing those two, uh, schools of thought, you know, and I can only imagine like for you guys going through that cause, and actually Josh now is, uh, he's national guard and, uh, has expressed multiple times, uh, you know, like trying to, teach younger guys certain things and how difficult it can be if it's if it falls even a little bit outside like you know big army doctrine and stuff uh i can only imagine what that must have been like for you like with what you know and what you do having to go back through that and
1: yeah it was just like you know i'm not changing anybody here you know i'll just play the game do what i can Mm -hmm. do for these seven weeks you know do it their way and and then just dump it you know obviously it's not anything good so know that's just part of having to go back and be humble i signed myself up for it so i did it to myself
0: right right and it's and and that's the stuff like when i guess that's probably the difficult part when you you have people that will just buy a military manual right or or whatever and they'll they'll teach themselves something out of a book if they're those kind of people um i i struggle with that a little bit but I know there's books on CQB and things, right? And they'll <clears throat> they'll 100% run with that because they don't know any better or they haven't found anything better. And I, I mean, that's the that's the tough part. It's there's not there's no one out there to vet that, you know. Like, hey, you can't print this because it's dog shit. Like, you're gonna get somebody killed. Or there's not even I mean, it's not even really anybody out there say, hey, you can't start a training company. You have no idea what you're fucking talking about.
1: Oh, and, yeah, and- there's tons of them
0: oh yeah. <laughs> yeah uh we we had uh we had a guy in class uh who didn't want to uh and it was funny because it was right when that the weird guy with the oh, I remember I think he was bald with like a, a fucky mustache he talked about why you shouldn't use a sling on a rifle because it can be you know, your gun can be taken from you and you can be choked with it or something
1: yes. It, I you know remember you remember
0: what, yes yes we had a we had a guy in class who <clears throat> we were like we were going through just making room entry, uh, and the shoot house had an upstairs and the upstairs. I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but it was built smaller scale, like, like more like residential home, like narrow hallways and stuff. So you didn't have near as much room as you normally would. When you go to pan the door, you really got to be better about breaking the gun down, either under your arm or over your shoulder, or whatever. And, uh, this guy was like getting hung up going through the door like three reps in a row like just having like total soup sandwich right tripping over himself and everything and getting caught up on the door jam and i remember jared looks at him and goes dude what are you what, what what What? what's happening here you know and he's like well it's because of my sling and i'm getting caught up he goes well why don't you just go to a necklace like just take your arm out and he he dropped one of those uh he's like, well, if somebody gets a hold of the rifle, then they can choke me out. And I don't want that to happen. And he was dude was totally he was a really nice guy, too. But he was totally bought in, totally convinced, like, this is a real thing I have to be concerned about. And that's why I don't like taking my arm out of my sling. And it's like, cool, because some guy who thought he knew he was talking about on a viral video. Opened an LLC and was convinced he should be teaching people that like three weeks later, bam, here we are. I see it. I I experienced this in a class and it takes everything I have to not just like fucking break down laughing at this guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm lucky. I I haven't ran into any of that and it adds, I don't know how I would react to something like that. You know, of course it'd be professional and, and let's talk about, you know, why you wouldn't do that and what other skill sets that you should have to be able to prevent somebody choking you out. But, you know, again, like you said, That video was.
0: I want to interrupt this episode to tell you guys all about our friends over at Ben Franklin Range. Guys, you've heard our episodes. You've heard our discussions. You've heard it mentioned on social media. The facility at Ben Franklin is absolutely top notch. They're located out in Templeton, Pennsylvania. And guys, this is a one-stop shop. They have 1,200 acres of land. So whether you want to go practice some overlanding and do some off-roading, or you're looking for a facility to host a CQB class, they have a shoot house. You're looking for a place to host a shooting course. They have not one, but two turf ranges. Maybe you want to stretch out, you want to reach out to distance. They have an absolutely outstanding long distance, actually unknown distance range that is available for rent. You guys can head over to their website at benfranklinrange.com for more information, and you can reach out and contact the team there at BFR via email at info at benfranklinrange.com or give them a call, 412-439-8751. Guys, it's an absolutely outstanding facility. Cannot recommend them enough. Now let's get back to this week's discussion.
1: It, It went viral for all the wrong reasons.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and everybody, yeah, lots of people saw it. And if you're one of those people that sees a video and you don't read the comments, you just keep going. Yeah, how are you yeah, supposed to know yeah. that was good or good or bad? I mean, like with Instagram, you got to like click into it to get to the comments. If you just saw it, you could, yeah, you could definitely like, oh yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. I don't want to get choked. That could be bad. um Yeah. Mm, well, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know that that's you know, in-
1: and that's that's another problem for whoever that person was, and it's unfortunate that you know. Okay, so. It, wherever you got that from you know and you show up you should show up to a course open-minded and even if you had tons of CQB training <clears throat> wherever you got whatever from hopefully you have a good why behind it. but then when you get yourself in front of somebody that should be teaching you know that is qualified to do teaching, why don't you vet the you know the thing with them also and say hey, you know I was taught this. You know, for this reason and then be open minded to hear, well, that's, you know, probably not the best idea, you know, and for this reason, for X, Y and Z. And so, you know, wearing your sling like a necklace is is good if you have proper if you're wearing a gun, if you have a handgun and a rifle on you, you should know how to defend somebody, you know, outside of that like we're like let's just not say they're gonna choke you with that what if they're just gonna choke you out period Mm -hmm. you know like uh, there's a a, x y and z of things that could happen and if, if you went through every single one of the things that could happen and like why it could happen because of your kit this your kit that you would just be the guy that never even goes in because I can't clear this because if I do this, this will happen. If I wear a kit, this will happen. Now I can't wear a kit. Now I can't wear a belt. I can't, I gotta stay out here.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's, well, it gets convoluted when you start looking at it that way. And honestly, yeah, I, I don't know. I could not believe that that was something I actually like encountered real world, you know, like somebody Uh, actually buys into this stuff, but it does show you the power of, of social media right the reach how far yeah. um and that e- even <clears throat> And this i'm not i don't mean this disrespectfully or to anybody but i mean some of us we get to a point in certain things and i don't by any means consider myself an expert in anything but you get to a point you watch a video and you go hey <laughs> yeah no, no one's gonna believe that shit and then you find somebody that did and it's like yeah. well um well fuck me okay you know what? i was wrong <laughs> like dollar in the jar whatever so it it, 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 it's interesting in that that's the kind of stuff you can come across and the people are out there trying to get the training, you know, and that's what you're competing with sort of, you know what I mean? Or at least like trying to combat the, with bad information, um, and, and getting people to realize like a lot of that shit doesn't actually matter. Like you could probably still accomplish it without changing your sling. You could probably, you know, and this is one situation, one scenario with one problem, but Mm -hmm. you know, and and maybe that, maybe that, 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 highlights the importance, right. Of just, you know, try harder, uh, try it again, try something different the same way, you know, like, Hey, maybe instead of going over the shoulder, you go under or, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but that's, it's tough. Uh, I feel like some people walk into these classes and they they really are a fish out of water. Um, it is a lot, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I don't think that the tempo thing should be pushed whatever my opinion's worth, right? Like you're a new, new student tempo is probably not your biggest concern. Like it shouldn't be, you should be concerned with a lot of other things, uh, you know, and it's, it's overwhelming. There's a lot going on and some people handle it well. Some people really don't. Uh, And I'm sure you've had probably the whole gamut come through classes of people that can just, okay, you need me to do this. All right, one, two, three, here we go. And then you have people who (laughs) in the day two, probably still can't figure it out. And it's not, they're not trying. It's just, they process differently and it's, it's different for everyone, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, a couple of things, like we've done, we've done some courses that will, will do hostage rescue blocks built into them. Right. And for for a few reasons, and I'll tell you right off the bat, we don't do that on day one and we generally don't do it on day two, you know, depending on how the group is doing. But it's usually a day three thing. Because are we trying to teach guys how to go and, you know, rescue hostages? No. Are we trying to show all the differences of CQB, which method applies and and why? Yes. And if you understand both ways of clearing, then it helps you. You know, like you said, just have that thinking man's game of okay. You know, I don't have enough room, like you said. I, I and I'm I'm pretty sure you're you're uh, referring to Ben Franklin, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Great Yeah. Amazing. I, I was. I definitely want to go back there this year, uh, running a course there. The shoot house is, it's top notch. I mean, you don't find that a lot. And, you know, I've been up and down the coast, and and so it, it's great. So understanding that some of those rooms up there, like if it's some of those open opposing doors, all right, I, I, we can't really pan this. Both two of us can't pan this at the same time. We might have to go into this room, you know, more of a dynamic entry, but we're still doing our deliberate clearance, Right. And so it's it just adds to that knowing what tactic applies and exactly when and why. So when we do do CQ or uh, hostage rescue in our, in our courses, sometimes 100% there's guys that are going to get somewhat left behind or like have that feeling like they're drinking from a fire hose and you're like barely getting a couple sips of water in, but, but there's gallons coming at you, you know, <clears throat> but it's just, you know, and, and there's guys that are, are getting it, but you know, it's no, it's no different than if we started out with just all the, you know, tempo stuff. And if, if you figure out by maybe day three, the tempo or the clear that clearance method that we're referring to, then you realize, well, I don't really have to read this structure for the most part. Every door is the same. I go into every room, the same, every door, the same, you know, we're, we're going into everyone the same but when we talk about the what we just talked about well this door i have enough room to do a pan and so i'm going to do a pan and then i'm going to go in and then on this next door we don't have enough room so now we got to go in dynamically so now you're you know you're forced to think a little bit more about what you can do what you can get away with what you can't <clears throat> and so i definitely agree that like like our first most of our three-day courses, we start with door drills. Like one and two, man, here's how you squeeze. And and the door's open. We don't even start with a closed door. Here's how you do a a pan of the door and then go in as one and two. And then, you know, we'll talk about whether, you know, the two guy is is checking his rifle up, checking down, straight up or straight down, whatever it is. Like we don't say you, again, we don't get in the weeds of, your rifle has to be high port or you have to always be low port. We don't do that. We show both ways and we let you try both ways. So you can see what one is easier for you in, in what scenario. Sometimes it's better to be one or the other. So then, and then we'll kind of move on to, all right, now you guys do that a couple times. Uh, go is number one. Now go is number two. Now pan across the other side of the door so you're you know you start with maybe the easy side and now pan from the hard side where you really have to disassociate your body because you know you're a uh, left-handed guy and you're panning left to right so you know you're tweaked over I'm even your more body. Yeah. yeah yeah and then okay now let's add a closed door but we're we're breaching from the door handle side so whether it be an inside breach or a reach round breach and then pan and then, all right, let's talk about outward opening door. You know, let's, let's talk about splitting the door now. Like we literally will just spend two hours for the most part of one and two, man. We don't even add three guys into it at this point, one and two guys getting through a door using the nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, and then we progress. All right, now let's go into the next room. Now let's build into the next room. And, and then we still do dynamic, like, okay, we'll do a threshold. But now I want you guys to to basically do a dynamic entry into this room. We, we go over that. But guess what? That's that's a one and done, you know, dynamic entry into a room from, from whatever side you're doing it from. One guy goes path to leash resistance. One guy does a button hook. The only thing you can really change about it, like you said, is whether we are, you know, potentially doing a center check or not on our way in, right? So... Yeah. And, and what I say about the, you know, the center check and doing that kind of stuff, if, you know, you kind of commented on one of my recent videos at the active shooter where we, we actually were showing, you know, center checks during a active shooter response is you have to have a high level of processing to know you're going to that hard corner, but then look center and then potentially have the ability to not only see a threat, but now act on a threat but in your mind you already had committed to going to the, you know, going to that corner. So I, that, and what I tell guys is that's what I want you to be. I want you to have this quick level of thinking that you can identify a threat, recognize it, engage it, even though you, you were already headed towards the corner, but now you've kind of maybe, you know, shifted some of your attention. And and that processing speed is so fast. You have to do so many reps to get there because because what we talked about that first two hours we didn't even add in processing a target shoot whether it be a shoot target or no shoot target you know, that's one of my pet peeves is some of these training courses is just put up a uspsa and everything's a shoot target and, oh, yeah. and you know guys go in and they crush targets and they're like yeah i'm really good at this like okay well now paying a door and you know see a target or two and now you have to process it's a situational based target. We have to process if it's a guy with a cell phone or a guy with a gun, because let's get mm-hmm. realistic with it. Like, that's another skill set. You know, I call it your target ID skill set. It's a whole nother skill that needs to be developed. And, you know, I think if you're not adding that into some of your training reps in, in, in a course, then you're, you're kind of it's a missed opportunity, in my opinion.
0: Well, you have to, you know, because if there is that uh, <clears throat> that that room built into it, right, to give the I don't know, say the first the first man in, right, the flexibility to check center. And then when he is on his way to that deep corner, realize I, I I can't be there. I have to be addressing what's going on in the middle of the room. It can't be one of those things where you you realize like, oh, shit, this isn't what I thought was going to happen. And you freeze because then things around you don't freeze, right? So then now the guys behind you, they can't get in to fill the gap that you just left open. Uh, you, are you addressing the threat in the center of the room? Are you, yeah, you know, I mean, there's so many different and we and I saw it in class and that was we didn't do, we didn't throw in center checks. We just like basically, you've been to the shoot house uh, at, at Ben Franklin. so it was one of the rooms in the back corner and I it like it happened a bunch because you come in and you almost have a short wall there. Like you have a room for like one guy you can get in. And we use that when we were talking about, you know, what is your four man going to come in? Is he going to stop, turn and hold security? You know, whatever. Uh, and you would have that the first two guys come in and the third guy so many times would get in there and realize like, oh, shit, there's not room for me. And they would like kind of stop and freeze for a second. And then the fourth guy sitting there, you know, with his dick in his hand going the fuck. And they just stop and go, okay, this is, and it's a, honestly, it's a good teaching moment because you go, okay, look at everybody stop. Don't move. Look around. Where's he standing? Where are you standing? Why is this a problem? And it just really displays, uh, you know, this is why you, you can't like, you have to be able to process faster than this. You can't just stop and freak out for a second. It's, and that was with, that was without targets in the room that was without any kind of ex- stimulus that was literally Hold just the door drills everybody walk through the fucking door and go stand in your spot and sometimes just thinking about that is too much you know when you're trying to put it in context of who goes where and why and when and all that stuff it's not yeah, easy
1: no it's it's not and it's one of those things that it's just and, and you know different training companies you know have their 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 build up you know, maybe a little bit differently, or, you know, or they either have low expectations of what their students can achieve or too high, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in some, in some instances. And so I think that's, you know, one of the other things that it's important as a, you know, cadre instructor or training company is where is it reasonable, you know, to expect, you know, your guy with, whether it be police officers or you know whatever, because you know even police officers, a lot of them they're limited CqB experience anyway. Where can you reasonably get them to in in a three day time period? you know right. how how high should that bar be set and then make sure it's not set too low. So you know I my bar I'd rather I'd rather set it high in the beginning and then if I have to adjust, you know, we, we do a lot of adjusting on the fly in our courses. And because you're not always going to have the same 20 group, you know, if you have 15, 20 students, it's not always going to be the same skill sets that come at come to you.
0: You yeah, know, we, I've good. had
1: one of my yeah. courses that that uh we had 80% SWAT guys, you know, from part-time teams, you know, we're up in Connecticut. And we were able to get to, you know, to get to some hostage rescue stuff and and the bar, you know, we were able to like, Hey, we don't need to spend too much time on this, where we usually allot, lot, you know, two, three hours on, on door drills. And then, you know, one door, you know, what we, they just, they picked it up with even the guys that was new to them. They were open-minded. They picked this thing up and, and everyone was doing their door drills really well. And so we, you know, we'll All right, let's push past and, and, and grow and go faster. And when I say faster, I mean, give them more, give them more to, yeah. to digest. And then there, you know, you know, like the most recent one we had, active shooter instructor course in Connecticut. We had, and it's no fault of theirs, and they were awesome dudes. And there, but there was probably five guys in there that the department that they came from never taught one man response to active shooter. You right. Know. So in it, 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 you know in the police world there was you know maybe ten. Well, in their department, maybe just two years ago. But, you know, it used to be you wait for four officers in an active shooter because, you know, pre-Columbine, it was wait for SWAT. Mm -hmm. Well, now we all we said that that's that's too much. Like you can't wait that long, you know, depending on where your team is, what they're doing, if they're part time, full time, like a SWAT response is
0: just too long. Yeah.
1: It's too long. It, like the minimum I would expect of a SWAT response, the fastest I think a full team could get to one location all at once is 30 minutes.
0: That's and that's long. fast. That's, yeah. that's
1: really, really fast. Like I have in my city, I could drive an hour and still be in you know the city from one end to another and still mm-hmm. be in Virginia beach. So even if I, even if I was dressed and ready, you know, it could take me an hour to get there. So, so then, you know, they kind of, we kind of changed the law enforcement shifted to let's do this. Let's wait for four guys. We, we got four guys. That's enough to cover hallway hallway, you know, down, down a hallway and cover classrooms as we go by. So then literally that was, that was a thing. Like if you're the first guy there. You just sat there and waited for two, three, and four guys before you made entry. And, you know, luckily we are now at a point where now even in, in, in our city and, and you know, we're just newly teaching us to some cops in another city. That was our first time doing one man response. Like there is no waiting for anybody. You're first guy there. You're going in. And that's just the way it is. You accept that reality from day one in the police academy. <clears throat> and, does that mean every single cop in the city is going to have the mental fortitude and, and the confidence to do it? No, I already know that. Yeah, we, we already know that. Yeah. But, but we got to start, We we have to start training their mindset, you know, to, this is the level of expectation that we have in this city, whether you're going to meet it on game day or not, there's plenty of people here that will, and we have proven, you know, in our, you know, active shooter that that did, you know, did not wait for, you know, four men or, you know, whatever. They just went. Uh, so, yeah, it was just interesting because th- they hadn't even ever taught one man active shooter clearance. So with that group, you know, we, we had to kind of slow it down and not slow it down. We just went with our normal pace. I, I hate to say that because they were a great group. We didn't, they didn't cause the class to slow down. It it was just that we didn't get to go faster than we did, you know, than we had already projected to go.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you're I, I can only imagine from a, a teaching perspective, right? Like <clears throat> being able to read that out of a group, especially like it's different when like I teach high school musicians, so I get like weeks and weeks and weeks and with these kids. And then, you know, you're a couple months and you go, okay, uh, let's try something new. And we know how much we can take and how fast and things you guys get a couple hours <laughs> to, to start making adjustments and, and tweet. And that's, I mean, it's the difficult, the difficult part of, of what you do. Um, but it, I mean, what else are you going to do? There's not, <clears throat> there's not an, a, another answer to that. You can't get to the end of it and go, Hey, um, our schools here all have stairwells. We didn't talk about stairs. Well, we ran out of time because you guys are fucking dumb. Uh, better luck next class. Like that's not. I mean, I mean, maybe that's an, it's not really an answer. <laughs> you can't do that. Like there's there's just certain things that have to get covered, and there's the challenge, right? I mean, I I, I would assume that's that's probably a, a pretty sizable challenge, right? When, when you're when you're addressing mixed uh, skill sets like that. Uh you know, and
1: it, it it's. I love it. You know, I love teaching. I love every bit of it. You know, I, I get, I get excited teaching these guys and, you know, even sometimes I'll put on my, my, my kit and we'll do like instructor run red, you know, ran runs instructor led runs, or I'll just jump in the stack and, and just be an extra guy. I, I'll do this. I just love that aspect of it, but you know, it's just, the more and more people you teach, you pick on, you pick on things like I see the mannerisms of this guy. You know, I, we showed him this once and even though the the, this, the second time that he went to go do it was maybe not the same exact setup. You know, maybe it wasn't a, a door that was the same distance from another door or whatever, but he was able to apply what he did the, the first door. And then we showed him on that first door and, and take it, and and apply it to the next one and so okay we see that like i i see that you did that cool we we don't have to i don't have to break down hey this door is 36 inches wide now you're doing it on a you know 32 inch wide door or you know whatever it may be like you know mm-hmm. uh self closers are big ones you know especially when we're we're teaching in schools and stuff like that so a door with the south closer on it presents its own challenges so, you know, you show them at one time, and they're like, pull, they boom, they did it the next time, exactly how we, you know, how we kind of talked about it. All right, let's, let's move on. We don't have to spend extra time on that. Uh, so it, it's, it's great to see that. And it, it pumps me up. Like I, I'm, you know, F bombs, F yeah, you know, getting super excited, you know, in the course with these guys. You, like, you can hear it on some of my videos and someone laughed. And I'm like, hell yeah. Cause that's, that's what you want to see as an instructor. Like you guys just did that damn near perfectly. I love it. Like I could go home. Let's go.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you get a lot of that? I mean, we had a couple of guys in class that were, mm, they were slower on the uptake than you would probably like to see is the nicest mm-hmm. way I can put it. Um, and so
1: even with guys like yeah. that, I do get it because maybe not at the same level because I, I see that you struggled on doors and now you got, you know, this one thing. And, and and you applied it and you applied it with confidence. And so I'll do that even with that like yeah, you you you're not like the top performer in the class, but I, I know you just learned this and you did it with confidence. so I'll be like hell like that's that'll excite me because you know to them that was a struggle to learn, you know yeah. whether wh- whether it would it be an effort thing or not, you know, how much effort they're you know putting into the day and stuff like that. You know, minus that stuff. Like, I don't even get into that kind of stuff because that's just not my job. You know, like, you know, you're you're there, and most of the time, I've I've never seen guys that you know come to a course like that and and you know aren't attentive and and putting in effort the whole time. I, I've thought a couple guys were like that because I'm really good at reading faces and facial expressions. You know, when you're teaching and doing debriefs. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're given a point and, the, and they go, ah, you know, and they, you know, you, you, you read on that, you know, you, I don't yeah. care if you're an instructor or, or a speaker teacher, you, you watch for those, for those mannerisms when you're those giving cues, feedback. Yeah. yeah. And so there's, there's been a couple guys where, man, I can't, I can't read this guy at all. I don't know if he's having a good time here. Like he, he's doing great, you know, but I, I just, I can't tell. And then, it's funny cuz the exact guy I'm talking about he he was in in one of the courses and I'm not in a name him or anything. He was in one of the courses that I I very first did it was a free active shooter course that I ran with with Colin DJ from GBRS and uh, Devin from Method Endeavors and his crew came out and we did we did it here in Virginia Beach and he was in the course and he was the whole time everyone else I can read their faces and I'm like yeah you know he's, they're all picking it up and I just this one guy I just couldn't read and then I announced my course in January last year that I did in New York. And he's one of the first guys to sign up. And I'm like, well, dang, he just paid his own money now because the first one was free. So he muscle, you know, he like, OK, he does like it. And then he, yeah. he goes to that course and it's just him. It was just a, like he's an anomaly. Just, Not just how he is. Yeah, yeah. it's just his mannerisms. I'm like, all right, cool. This is, you know, it made me happy to, to you know, see that because Again, I I get a kick out of you know out of teaching and and having guys pick up what we're putting down and and see their confidence level rise like that that makes me happy and 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 satisfied to see that that's why I do this so it was that one guy I'm like man I don't know if I got to him or not and then he signs up and I'm like oh I definitely did
0: yeah sometimes when I teach I I'll just look at a kid high school kids now or it's so man I sound fucking old it's so different from when I was in school but like I'll sometimes I'll look at him I'm like are you. Like, it depends, like, what the the look is. And I'm like, dude, are you with me? Like, are you, I'll, like, sometimes, I'll, like, snap fingers in front of them, like, dude, are you here? Like, hello? Sometimes I'm like, did somebody, like, punt your fucking dog before you came here tonight? Like, what is, like, why do you look like, you know, someone just hit, you know, killed your best friend? And some people are just, they're just like that. And then, like, borderline offended that you call them out for it. And so I I try to be at least funny about it so they know that I'm not, like. Offended or anything, but right, it is yeah. it's, it gets hard to read, folks. Sometimes, you know, and yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> with with students especially, uh, I, I think that's one of, and it's something that I'll say that the guys at Orion did really well was they never put us in a position where they where we I, I felt like I was being like overly judged, you know, which is mm-hmm. it's I would say with with a lot of instructors in multiple realms of life right that's a that is something people need to think about you know like i'm an adult you know i'm a grown-ass man yes i am far worse at you know securing a building than than you are but you know i'm i'm still you know i'm a man like i'm an adult you can treat me like that you know um some people are bad at, at at doing that and it's just reading mannerisms and just having a little bit of respect so it's you know and that's it should go without saying but Well, you know, that, you know,
1: that, you know, know, yeah, the unfortunate thing is, is, and that's where you see a lot of the military guys or like the old school cops, you know, run a course and they're used to, you know, teaching cops a certain way or, or treating cops a certain way. And Mm -hmm. like, I, I had a guy that just retired like two years ago as a, you know, firearms instructor. He would, he's still yelling at 20 year veterans. Like they're, they're stupid. And and it was one of those things like nobody and this is a problem in, in, in with us in general. Nobody had the balls to tell them, pull them aside and be like, hey, man, I know that you think you're doing the right thing and, and that you're you know treating people the right way, but you're not. People hate, you know, going to you and they hate, you know, being taught by you because of how you treat them. And like even on like my SWAT team, we used to when we teach our recruits used to be a thing where not you don't haze them but you know they're brand new police recruits so they, they got to go through a process of breaking them down and they have squad leaders for that so they have mm-hmm. you know police officers that are just completely in charge of that that process so you know one of my you know mentors uh, buddy kyle was like you know we don't have to be that we got three days to teach him cqb and we call it building searches because that's what the The state mandated you know title is Uh, we have three days to teach them that and if we're doing all that other stuff they're not in a learning environment so it's incumbent on you know the instructors no matter where you're teaching or who you're teaching whether it be police recruits or you know i'm teaching a course to number one guys paid whether their department paid or they paid out of their pocket they paid to be here Mm -hmm. i am no better than they are as a human being you know I'm not just because I'm in this position and I'm in this position because, you know, I started a company and, you know, we, we have a reputation, which is a good thing, but that doesn't make me any more of a, you know, better human being than they are. And so, but also at the same time, like you said, what better way to, to teach somebody something than to try to bring them on, put them on the same level that you're on, you know? Yeah. And there, there's that thing that there's a dichotomy of the psychology of the student-instructor relationship. Why do you think there's so many you know, kids in college or in high school that end up sleeping with their teachers? And, and there's like, oh, they would never be with a person like that. It's the psychology of, I have to look up to you because you're in this position. And so I, I hold you to a higher standard. And if I just saw you on the street, I probably wouldn't hold you to that high standard. i probably... Maybe they wouldn't be attracted or whatever the case may be. But there, there is a dichotomy when you're in a course, no matter who is teaching it or what level they're at, you're in that position where they're putting out information. You're, you're there to receive it. So you have to be careful with that. You know you can't you know, abuse that, that instructor-student relationship. It, again, it should be, I want to make this environment as conductive to learning as possible. And as grown, like you said, grown ass men, women, whatever it may be, we learn better by um by you know being shown the right example and then but also being treated the right way. You know, vice somebody doing something extremely stupid and unsafe. I'm not yelling at anybody. You know, I'll tell people in the class all day long that at some point I'll probably make fun of you because you did something really weird. But, you know, hopefully you have a good sense of humor and we'll all laugh about it. And then at some point I'll do something stupid. And I hope that you guys, you know, make fun of me the same way. You know, that's just how we have a good time in our courses. But, you know, it's it's, to your point is you have to be really careful with with that, you know, student instructor relationship, because you'll have guys thinking instead of thinking about learning the tactics that you're teaching them. You'll have them so worried about, like you said, being judged by this person that they're just focused on the one thing they, the only one thing they messed up and they're not listening to the, hey, you know, this guy over here did this wrong. If I listen to this debrief, maybe I can not make that mistake when I'm put in that position. But again, you know, the mind is doing something completely different. And they're just worried about not disappointing the, the person that they're, you know, getting led by.
0: <laughs> And, and if you, you overuse, this is something I've been told and something that I've, I've had to learn myself as an educator is like, if your go-to reaction to anything or everything, whatever is, is you're going to yell. Like, I'm pissed. You guys made a mistake. You fucked this up. You're, you know, whatever. Are you fucking dumb? Whatever. That loses its impact. You know, like there's a lot of ways you can communicate. Hey man, um, you did this wrong. Hey uh, we've been doing this all day and you're not getting it right. What What's going on? There's a time and a place you have to be measured with when you apply. I think anyways, like that, that yelling, that, that, de- that demeaning uh, behavior, you know, and, and there's, there's certainly, you know, times where it's warranted. I, I've only seen it happen in a firearms class once. And my personal opinion was, that it was about like 25 minutes too late, but the guy finally, we were doing like, you know, just like 180 drills, you know, uh, ready up stuff. And dude was like flagging people four and five at a time uh, and leaving his gun on, uh, you know, on fire and stuff. So the instructor was trying to be nice. He'd give him a lot of warnings and things and like finally got to the point where when he did that 180 and he flagged the instructor and five students lost his shit, stopped him in the middle of the drill, screamed at him, ripped him a new ass. And like, but that's the thing, like, because he had been so cool about everything else to that point, like that has more weight and more impact as sure. you know. You hold that instructor and that 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 teacher uh, light or, or whatever right you know and as a student when they come down on you like that it's like oh shit something fucking happened like that i at least that's that's my perspective on it so i try not to yell when i teach i, I think a lot of people try to get away from that one because of the poor connotation like you said it's a very old school it's very out of date thing but um i think we just get as we learn more about the the things we're teaching we learn how to teach it better and it's just more enjoyable for everybody you know when you don't have to be that way so
1: and 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 let's you know at the end of the day whether whatever it is when you're yelling at somebody you're you're not controlling your emotions right you you know I, i mean again context behind that. But if that is like you said, if that is your go-to, then you're truly not in control of your emotions. If you let something get to you so 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 much that you know you have to bring yourself to that level, then you're not in control with your emotions. And, and you that's another and, and this is like, you know, another thing we talked about is the last two courses that i run up up in, in Connecticut, because they're just they just don't get a lot of training. We're doing active shooter instructor level courses. So, you know, we'll teach the tactics, you know, build them, build them up for the tactics. And then I'll, they will get put into a scenario where they now have to be the instructor. They have to do teach backs. They have to, you know, run a scenario of their own and do debriefs with the rest of the students on, on what they did wrong or right in that scenario. And there's a whole nother aspect of, you could be really, really good at shooting at CQB at at, at whatever. But being a good instructor is a whole nother skill set in itself.
0: Yes, hundred percent. So,
1: and, and in our, and I'll tell you, you know, and I, I'm not, I know this is, you know, you don't, of course, you're aware of a lot of it, but in the police world, like becoming an instructor, on paper is, it's not preparing you as a uh, quality instructor. Like you, there, we have most departments have some kind of general instructor school that talks about breaks down all the human psychology of, you know, being a speaker, being a presenter, but it truly does not make you a good instructor. It just passes you through the course. So, and then again, this is one of my pet peeves is, and I've, I've been on 11 years. I've been a SWAT team for almost nine. I'm just now to a point where, I don't care. I'll talk to a guy, another instructor, be like, "Hey man, your style is 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 not the best," you know. And not saying that I'm amazing at all, but it's like, "Hey, everybody talks about you, the way you teach." So rather, everybody instead of everybody talking about you, I'm at the point like, I want to help you. Hey dude, you literally say um and ah every other word. You're losing your audience with those filler words. That's my biggest pet peeve. Everyone knows that is the ums and the ahs while you're teaching, right? Yep. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a former team leader that we, in a debrief, we're getting ready to hit a house. We're doing a debrief. And the only thing we're focused on is we're every single one of us, we're all counting ums and ahs. And we're up to like 40. I'm like, this is just bad, you know? And, it, and again, it's so, some, and once
0: you, it, it's one of those things too, like once you realize that, if you like, if you don't realize it and your buddy goes, hey man, they say, um, Every other word, you never, you never unhear it, and then it's hard to actually hear the message because you're, like you said, you're you're yeah. sitting there doing that, yeah, and you're
1: losing the message. So, so those things like people don't have those conversations, those hard conversations. They're so you know afraid to have those peer to peer talks with somebody because if I talk to you about this, then that opens me up to whatever you don't like about me or whatever you think I'm doing wrong. Or if you're going to be that type of guy that just gets super defensive and point out what I don't do, all right, so be it. But, you know, I'm at the level, like I'll have the conversation. You know, I I think it's important. We're, we're too scared to, you know, just be honest with people. Hey, Hey, just so you know, like guys are talking about this behind your back. I might as well just tell you about it Mm -hmm. or would you rather me not? And just everyone still jokes you about, you know, the way that you teach and, Nah, that's not that's not helping anybody. No, I mean,
0: You could you could have a, a great message to share. And I mean, and I 100 I, percent and I'll say this because I lived with it for like 12 seasons. Um, And I don't know if you're a football fan or not. I'm a huge Lions fan. <clears throat> I encourage anybody listening to this. Go look up on YouTube. Any one of Matthew Stafford's press conferences and every other word out of that man's mouth is um, so much. So local radio stations make fun of it and have drop tracks and stuff. And he sounds like an idiot. And he sounds like he doesn't have passion and he sounds like he doesn't give a shit because he just sounds so melancholy and nonchalant about every response. And I'm sure he cares. Like those guys are professional athletes and stuff. And I'm sure that this gentleman you're, you're speaking of cares deeply, but when you don't, those are things that like people pick up on. It's a confidence thing. It's a, there's a lot to it. And especially when you're trying to win over the confidence of your peers to, you know, Hey, Oh, I'm giving you good information here but you can't get past all the other shit like it's it's something people and as, even as an adult like take a, I did I took a creative writing and, and public speaking course in college that went over it they teach it to me I work in finance hey when you give a presentation don't do this because it makes it sound like you have no idea what you're saying Like, yep it, it does and especially and it's true with anything you know let alone you're talking about CQB or or anything you know in, in law enforcement anything could be life-threatening so just one of those things. If you want to be a teacher, you have to be a good communicator. In, in my opinion, you, you have to be on top of that. Uh, cause otherwise you're not, you're not doing your job. Just my, my opinion.
1: No, 100%. Absolutely. Like, like I said, I know like some great tier one guys from the military that never had to, you know, worry about developing that side and, They come out and, you know, they get in front of a a class or do a debrief or I've just seen it. And, you know, again, I'm not saying anything about anybody, but we're all human. I don't care what level Mm -hmm. military law enforcement that you're in. That's that's a human level thing. And like you said, it's just about being a good communicator. And that's just a whole nother, you know, thing that you have to work on if you want to be successful as, you know, a presenter. Uh, teacher, instructor, whatever it may be. And then if the cool thing is, if you don't already know it and you're not already working on it, it's just going to bring you to the next level.
0: Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. It's, it's something you just be aware of if you, and it and it could be in any walk of life. Honestly, anybody listening to this, you want to get in advanced at work. You want people to take you more seriously as an adult, whatever. Think about it. Think how you're perceived, how you're, you're listened to, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's one of those things, and I I still struggle with it, but it makes a difference. I, I presented to a group of parents when I was teaching. Got everybody together in the gym. Hey, uh, here's all the people I want to thank, and of course, you know, there's a bunch of parent volunteers, a bunch of people you're supposed to say thank to. You thank you to. My parents showed up, and the first thing went out of my dad's mouth was, "Why do you say um every other fucking word?" And I was like, "Oh, cool, thanks, Dad. Um, I don't know, but uh, I'll work on it." <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but this has been awesome, man. Uh, I, I, it's, I, I knew it was going to be a good conversation. We got into a bunch of stuff. I didn't even think we would end up touching on, um, just, and I loved it. I loved all of it. Uh, where, where can people find you, especially now? It sounds like you're doing more courses and you're actually, you're getting booked up too. So if, if you guys are listening and you want to like reach out to, to get in class or or just find more information, where are you, where are you at online and in social media?
1: Yeah, no. So online. Uh, we got a new website now. It's well not new. It's we've had it for a few months, but DSTGtraining.com. I actually I literally you know, this is the thing about running a business and paying, paying somebody to work on it and just make it more professional for us because we have chiefs of police looking at it. You know, for uh, you know, a lot of these guys last couple of courses, their departments are paying for it. So I'm invoicing them and you know we're sure. we're doing that route, contract route and stuff. Uh, so uh, yeah, DSTG training.com and it's uh gonna look better than ever it's gonna be awesome and then defender underscore series underscore training underscore group is our instagram uh, those are only two you know mediums that we have as of now hopefully that works out for us and that's enough but yeah well we just uh love to get out and like i said we'll, we'll try to work on something out your way and and start you know branching out we're going to be in Florida in March, teaching an active shooter instructor class, a Leo only class. Uh, and then we're on books for the ranch in Texas in the end of April. So that nice. one, I think is, I believe is up on the website. So yeah, we're just trying to get on travel. I love traveling and, you know, getting out to new spots and meeting people, training with people. So so definitely look us up. And if you got any, you know, separate inquiries, you know, departments and stuff like that, we're, we do that too.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, man. Uh I hope uh I hope this has been good for you. I always enjoy uh getting to, connect to you. Hopefully it's not another uh year plus before we we get to do it again and and hopefully in the near future get you up here to Michigan in one of the more hospitable months. It's it's miserable now. You shouldn't come up here now. But no, uh, I, I will. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I appreciate it, man, and uh we'll be in touch.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me and have a good one, brother.
0: Hopefully you guys pulled some good stuff out of that conversation with Troy. You know, uh, it, it, it sucks. It, I can't believe I let it go a year before, uh, I brought him back on to touch base with him, but, uh, obviously a really smart guy and a very passionate guy, uh, especially when it, you know, it comes to this stuff, uh, having these conversations, you know, is, is really what makes me appreciate that I'm in the position to do this but I think that this subject and we've done this with a couple different things you know but this subject in particular it's important to bring this stuff to the front it's important to articulate right the thoughts the feelings behind why I think that CQB is important why people like Troy or we've had tons of other guests to advocate for for civilians consuming this kinds of, in, this kind of information. Right. And you heard a lot of different discussions in there. We got into, you know, a lot of different things about how you approach scenarios, but also into teaching and learning, you know, so hopefully that if anything else from what we spoke on, if anything else that like really reaffirms with you that there are good teachers and then there are bad teachers. And truthfully, the resume is, at the end of the day it's a large consideration I think with a lot of you know people that we we want to look at for training but it's not the only consideration there are some people out there who have done tremendous things who are not good teachers and that's certainly not a dig at anybody who is an amazing teacher right but it is something to where I want to instill in people listening right that when you go to pick out your instructors when you go to look at who you want to spend your hard-earned money with Look for people that want to teach you. They want to see you succeed, and uh, we talked. Troy and I talked a lot about that. It, it, actually, more than I, I honestly didn't think we were going to get into teaching as much as we did, or at all, honestly. But it's cool to be able to get into it and then talk about it from a context behind CQB, <clears throat> especially now that like going through the one class that I did. And granted, that's a that's a small sample size. But the one class that I have experienced and been through, and with the the time and effort and energy and research I've put into learning about a lot of these concepts, right, and these skills, uh, it, I, like it's just it's great for me. I, I love being able to have these conversations. And Troy and I actually talked for like another hour after we finished recording. Um, and it's interesting because you can sit down, and if this is how you can tell somebody who really knows what they're talking about, or at the very least somebody who's very passionate, who's, I would say, informed and passionate, is that you can have opposing points of view and have a productive discussion, have a positive discussion, and maybe still not meet at the end of the day and have things, you know, we both 100% agree on everything. I would actually personally prefer that I, the people I surround myself with aren't always in agreement with me. I think that if you want to put yourself in an a environment for growth, you have to put yourself in a position to be questioned, to be challenged. But I, you know, I like, I like having these discussions. I like having people like Troy on who are able to articulate and, 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 share their perspective and their points of view on all kinds of different subjects and topics. In this instance, we just talked about CQB and it just so happens that I enjoy talking to Troy and I agree with a lot of what he teaches. So it was a really good opportunity for me. I hope you guys pulled good stuff out of it. If you're somebody who's listening to this and you are in the camp if you're, if you're really, you know, in the camp of civilians shouldn't learn CQB, I hope that this made you maybe reconsider that point, or perhaps even just soften your stance on it a bit, because it is something that I think truthfully, we should all at least be somewhat aware of how to do it correctly. The trouble with that is, you know, I say something like that, and the difficulty with CQB is that it is such a dangerous undertaking is that there isn't Really, a whole lot of room for success with a mild understanding. Either you do understand it or you don't. And, you know, you do have those skill sets or you don't have those skill sets, and you are capable of thinking through those complex problems or you aren't. So, th- that to me, honestly, it's why I think it's important that people look at this. It's why I think it's important that civilians learn these skill sets. And we have an honest conversation around, you know, prioritizing this kind of learning. It's, yeah, it's inconvenient, and a lot of guys can sit here and say you're LARPing, and you're just throwing on your kit, and you're pretending, and to be honest with you, that's dumb, because that's what any training is. Every every, every bit of training you've ever done is pretending, playing pretend, LARPing, until the day that it isn't. So, some perspective for you there on that. But, like I said, uh, I really enjoyed it. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. If you are looking to take a class, you know, I encourage you guys. Look up Troy, look up Defender Series Training Group and what they're doing. Talk with him again after we finish recording. He's got a bunch of stuff in the works. It's really, really cool to see him succeed, uh, especially in the past year, you know, the growth that he's had and just knowing that he's doing all of this. While he's also still working, you know, full time on a team. So something else to consider there too, he's actually out there doing it at the same time. He's taking real world experiences to shape how he teaches and why he teaches a certain way. Some people have done one and then the other, not a lot are able to do both at the same time. So something else to consider, go check out what he, what he puts out, man. He gives a lot of good information out and he did a lot of, you know, put out a lot of good information on our discussion here. So again, hope you guys pulled some stuff out of it. Uh, and these are the kinds of guests, you know, we really try to bring on, uh, one of the comments that I got at the end of our yearly wrap up was bring on people in the space who are lesser known, or there was something about, the, the more obscure or something, they, you know, not just big names, and uh, that's not a dig at anybody, but certainly I know Troy is trying to grow what he's doing, and I think he articulates his points and things very well, and I've had friends that have gone through his classes and had nothing but positive things to say, so I was happy to be able to bring Troy back on. Hopefully you guys, if you weren't aware of him before and everything he's doing with Defender Series, you are now, so, but that's all I got for you guys this week. Uh, we'll be back, you know, same time, same channel whatever, uh, another guest next week, uh, which actually should be another banger, uh, something very, uh, informative and pertinent to, I think a lot of the skills many of you are trying to develop as part of your goals for 2024. So that should be another really, really great episode. But until then, you guys, everybody stay safe out there, stay warm, especially if you're up here in Michigan, because it's friggin' freezing. But like we always say here, work hard, train smarter and be prepared.